another edition of LGBT in the ring, your rainbow bastion for all things pro wrestling. I am your host, Brian Bell, here with you once again on the Outsports Podcast Network, and I have a fun one in store for you this week. Obviously, this is the final week uh, of January, that, or at least January, so January, where we'll have a Thursday and a Friday in the week. Um, so this is the last week of our double episode weeks, and we are capping things off with two outstanding interviews, starting today with the Prince X of Pride champion, The Shade. Um, Shade won that title at Full Queer last year, the first Full Queer event, um, and he is set to defend it uh, at multiple places coming up in the, in the next few weeks. Um, Friday night, January 29th at Pride Style 2. Um, that's live on uh, twitch.tv slash Pro. He's going to be defending the title against Kid Bandit. And then coming up on February 5th, he goes back to full queer. Um, as long as he can defeat Bandit, let's say, or when he defeats Bandit, he's going to be going back to full queer at their next show, All's Fair where he's going to be defending that title in a three-way against two people he is very, very familiar with, Jay Vidal and Kida. Um, so he's got some challenges coming up uh, in the next couple of weeks, but ahead of all of that, I had the chance to sit down and talk to him about winning that title, his experiences in the Las Vegas scene, being a, a, one of the most notable names in the Las Vegas scene and, you know, just really picking his brain a bit about his experiences in pro wrestling. It was a really fun interview and I'm very, very excited for all of y'all to hear that here in just a few minutes. But before that, there is a slew <laughs> of wrestling news to talk about um, coming out of the past weekend. Um, obviously, it was a humongous week for pro wrestling um all capped off by ac mac if you did not watch southeast first or you have not gone back to watch southeast first if you have not seen the amazing promo video put out there by ivan fire j um you missed a moment you missed an iconic moment in pro wrestling history AC Mack defeating Alex Shelley to become the new IWTV Independent Wrestling World Champion, become the first out LGBTQ male world champion in the history of pro wrestling. We're talking over a hundred years of history, all leading to this moment on January 21st, 2022, down at the, <laughs> at the Action Center in Tyrone, Georgia. Just amazing, amazing moment. Go out of your way to to watch that match if you haven't yet. Watch the entire event. The entire event, top to bottom, is great. Featuring outstanding talents, including a very awesome trios match featuring uh, another favorite of this show, Ashton Starr. Um, even I, who have had my eye on that Legion for a while now, um, whether it be due to... Um, everything that they do, all of the talent down there, or just a little bit of my homesickness for, for Atlanta, um, that there were people on that show that I had not really known about and had my eyes open to. Uh, probably most notably Diego Hill, 
So definitely go out of your way to check that out. Relive that moment. And, you know, we had AC on before he went into that match. Um, and I feel very privileged that we had that moment and that, you know, this show and, and Outsports and, and, you know, that we had the, the ability to be able to cover a moment like this. Because, like, this is, you know, I, I said it on Twitter. I told AC this, but, but like, that moment is never going to leave my brain. And it shouldn't. It shouldn't leave any of our brains. It, it should be etched in there real, real deep, honestly. Um, but, of course, there was a whole lot of other amazing things as well. Um, obviously, we saw IWW's uh, Redacted Show come out, um, which featured a, a number of great talents as well, um, including uh, some a character that I did not know I needed in my life, but the, uh, the Gummy Bearer. Um, <laughs> Simply put, I love pro wrestling. It's just great. Um, and then, of course, we have to talk about GCW, right? GCW, the world on GCW, live from the Hammerstein. Um, just an, an outstanding display of what that company has risen to be. Um, and, you know, it was just... It was just, it was a moment, really, it was. Um, and it was great to see, like, a number of the LGBTQ talents that they have been featuring there as the slow and steady progression of, of LGBTQ identities um, start to be featured more and more on GCW shows um, continues. Um, you know, we saw Pero, Dark Sheik uh, in the, the opening Battle Royal. We saw... Effie and Jeff Jarrett, um, in a a fun uh, a fun match. I never thought I would see Jeff Jarrett uh, getting uh, his his face humped by by anyone, including Effie. But chalk that one off <laughs> the bucket list, I guess. Um, and then of course Alley Catch and Ruby Soho and what was easily the most um, emotional moment. Of the of the entire show, um, Allie's entrance and knowing how much Allie wanted that match and the Lady Gaga attire and just everything about it was just beautiful. Um, yeah, the entire show, top to bottom, was was fun um, here and there. Obviously, there were some places where it dragged a little bit, but it, it's a pro wrestling show; it's going to happen here. All in all, GCW, the world on GCW, outstanding, um, outstanding uh, event for them, and you know it's only going to keep going up. I'm assuming we already got the collective coming now, and and right along those lines, Effie announced as we expected, which is as M. Pierce pointed out on this show previously. It's wild that we expect this now, but there is going to be another big gay brunch down in Dallas. Uh, during WrestleMania week uh, as part of the collective, which is awesome to see. No talent announcements yet, obviously, but I'm sure those are going to start popping up here and there in, in the coming weeks ahead. Um, outside of that, another outstanding <laughs> match. We saw you in the UWFI Contender Series over in uh, Paradigm Pro. Trisha Dora and Jordan Blade, anytime these two get in the ring together, it's it's going to be violent. And a lot of fun. 
and putting them in there in CFU rules, um, just wild. <laughs> Definitely check that one out for yourself. Um, and Pro Wrestling Vibe had some more talent announcements, uh, including the U.S. return of Candy Lee. I am crossing my fingers that Candy can get into the states, can get across the border. Um, hopefully, you know we're just we're just crossing our fingers for for COVID to allow that to happen because it's been far too long since Candy's been over here. And Candy has been such an integral part of what Billy has done um, with Paris is bumping from literally the other side of the world. Um, I can only imagine what that's going to be like whenever you have Candy in the building for real, um, along with another a, a wide array of amazing uh, talent announcements there. That weekend is shaping up to be a, a big, big deal. Tickets go on sale tomorrow. For that, um, and we got to talk about NapTown a little bit. Jay Rose's new project. Um, they got two shows coming up on February fifth. Um, both shows are very, very interesting. A very wide, diverse um, roster that's going to be on those events, and some interesting ideas for for match types and. Um, structuring and that sort of thing. Um, I like the idea of like the split shows, kind of having different attitudes and that sort of stuff. It's just, it's just, it all speaks to to a mentality that going into pro wrestling that that lends to the creative side a lot from every, in every aspect. And you know, J Rose doesn't miss, didn't miss with uh, with No Hook. Didn't miss with Paradigm. I don't think Naptown is is gonna end that that streak for him. Uh, I can't wait to see what, what he has in store, along with the rest of the amazing talented people that are gonna be involved with Naptown um, coming up. Uh, I know we got Grab House announcements that are starting to roll out, which is gonna be a whole lot of fun. Another big Las Vegas event down there that's happening. And um, speaking of Las Vegas. Another person who's going to be on Pride Style 2, uh, Charles Cassis. I got to shout him out real quick. He became the new Arizona Wrestling Federation champion this week. Um, of course, that title previously held by uh, a QWI 100 and 200 name, uh, Parada. But uh, it's awesome to see, see Charles uh, get that belt and to continue to get the opportunities that that he is getting, I'm excited to see what this uh, open challenge uh, that <laughs> that him and his tattoo partner have in store for Pride Style Two, but that's going to be a, a whole lot of fun there. And then uh, let's go back to full queer to kind of finish this off here and, and tie us back into talking about the shade because you know full queers all's fair. It's going to air live um, on Poyo Del Mar's Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Poyo Del Mar. And uh, one of the people competing there is one Chris Torres, who, after they were announced for the show, um, used that moment to come out publicly as queer non-binary, which is an amazing thing to see. And, and we here at LGBT in the Ring 
want to formally congratulate Chris on that moment for, for them. And I know that, you know, that they had spoken about being out for, for a while, but never really talked publicly about it. But, you know, it's a, it was an amazing thing to see. It was a great little late night pick me up for me whenever I saw it. And we just want to say congratulations to you, Chris, and cannot wait to see what's in store for you and your opponents and everyone else at Bull Queers All's Fair. So I think I think that covers everything. Or at least most of everything <laughs> from this past week. It was a lot, y'all. And uh, now that we've gotten through all of that good stuff and had to relive those moments and, and have AC Mac telling people that he's only flying Delta stuck in our head again, let's jump into my conversation with the Princess of Pride champion, The Shade. What's up, guys, gals, and non-binary pals? Welcome back to LGBT in the Ring. And I am very pleased to have as my guest this week uh, the Princex of Pride champion, one of the names that is putting Las Vegas on the independent pro wrestling map, uh, and also the uh, purveyor of heat season. Please welcome the shade to LGBT in the ring. How you doing? I am doing good. <laughs> the heat season, I love it, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I had to get it in there. It's too good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And it fits perfectly with like your in-ring style as well. There's a reason why that's there. It's like anytime I see you in the ring with somebody, it doesn't matter like how big somebody is. Like you will find a way to just chunk a fool. Yep. And, <laughs> and I absolutely love it. Um, <laughs> it is, and the thing is though, is that like, while that might be like the, the fun thing to kind of gravitate to, it doesn't mm -hmm. speak to the, ent the entirety of your ability either. Like, yes, you are strong. You can throw, you can throw people, but at the same time, you have a lot of like technical aspects to, to your in-ring work. You have a lot of personality, obviously personality all over the place with your in-ring work. I mean, it's the reason why you have one of the prettiest title belts in the game right now, which, you know, for those of you listening, you can't necessarily see it, but that thing is like, it stops you no matter what you're saying, whenever you see it, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I'm glad to have you on because I, I want to learn more about you. Because like a, like a lot of other independent pro wrestling fans, I think uh, Las Vegas was not on their radar up until maybe like 2020, I would say. Um, and the work that you, like people like you, Papayase, uh, S4TB, Nick Xander, um, Funny Bone, Dark Sheik now, like so many people in that scene are starting to like put it in front of people and make people pay attention to it. Mm -hmm. And I really want to talk to you about that kind of start off because what in your mind has kind of led to the, the this kind of emergence of the Las Vegas scene? Um, one reason why I think I've done it in, in the year 2020 is because the world had the big shutdown. Vegas took a nap, like the city that never sleeps took a nap. So like everyone was like, what I think is everyone on the outside of Vegas was like, how are we going to... How are they going to do what Vegas does in circumstances like this? And they were just watching us, watching us. And when they found out like that, that we were starting doing shows before anyone else was, they're like, "What are they doing? What are they doing?" So like we were like the 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 cattle prod, I guess, to get mm. people pay attention to this side of the country when it comes to wrestling. Because like majority, it's it's all like East Coast stuff, or whatever. But like 
there's a lot of a lot of great talent over here on the west side Oh, there definitely is. You know, like we're up where I'm at in Portland. Like we have a ton of, of outstanding talent up and down like the Northwest and into California. But like you said, I'll, pretty much everything on the like the, the coast was shut down during that time period. Like we just got back to shows in Portland like in November of last year. So like it makes sense that y'all, yeah, it, it, it was a long time. <laughs> So it makes sense that it makes sense that y'all were like kind of able to kind of like steal that spotlight and shine it on yourselves, considering y'all were the only ones really running in this area of the country. Mm -hmm. Mm. What did did that kind of put a a different emphasis on yourself to try and like take advantage of that increased view, or or how how were you feeling personally whenever you realized whenever y'all were going through that? So before the, the shutdown happened, I was on the road a lot with Funny Bone. And like I, I, was, I was in people's ears, like hopping in cars and going to going places, like networking or whatever. And then I wanted to try and try and keep doing that when it came back. I, like, I knew it would be harder because not everyone's going to run. and They're going to pick, pick, pick a select few, and it could just be people you already like talked to or whatever, you know. So I was like, I'm just going to try and see what happens. And then I met uh, – no, no, I got a phone call. From three people uh, from Full Queer about the whole of the whole first show, and they're like, "We need you," is what they said. Oh wow! Like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be a confidence booster, I'd say. It definitely was. <laughs> so I, was was Full Queer the first time? Yes. <laughs> was Full Queer the first time that you kind of? During the during the like the beginning of the pandemic and everything, was that really the first time you felt like things were getting back to? I, I hate saying the phrase like getting back to normal because like what the fuck is normal? But you know, like was it like where it got back to that regular process of like hitting the road and and working places where it feels like you know you're not just like working in the town you live in, but you're like you feel like you're maybe expanding yourself again. Like I had even forgotten that we were in a pandemic. Like got mm-hmm. to getting in, in the resting mode, and I was like. Oh. The world is great. We're good. And then we leave. I was like, why does everyone have this? Oh, yeah, I'm going to put masks on again. I forgot. All right. Back to reality. But, like, it, it made me feel like it, it had never stopped. It just decided to go from small to big real quick. Yeah. I mean, it definitely had that feeling, like, watching the show live and, and everything. It definitely, I could definitely see how that would have, like, felt like that first, like, big thing since everything kind of shut down. Um, I do want to talk more about Full Queer, but before we get there, I want to talk a little bit more about some of the companies in Vegas that you've worked for because, you know, there are a number of companies in that area right now, and it seems like you are one of the, the few that pop up on everything, you know, whether it be, you know, FSW or Versus or um, even <laughs> like you're, you know what, I should have had this in the opening. You're on Pride Style this weekend. Or whenever this I, comes out, you'll be on. You'll, you're defending that title, the Princess of Pride title, against Kid Bandit at Pride Style Two. Like, yes, I am. And so it seems like you're just no matter where you go in Vegas for pro wrestling, the shade is on the card. Is that uh, something that you was like a point of emphasis for you to be able to work in as many different places as possible? Uh, yes, because when I first got into wrestling, there was another wrestler who to like big league everybody and pe- people fell for it. I-, I i fell for it here and there and like he- he'd be saying you can't do this because of this reason i was like that's the dumbest reason i've ever heard like i'm gonna do it just despite you now and like i'm just like i'm gonna keep doing this 
because like it, it makes people mad and they start talking about you and that means your, your name's getting everywhere you know <laughs> i was like all right bet we're gonna try this and it, it's been working it's been working and there are companies out here that uh don't don't see it the same way but mm. regardless the fans always chant for me the loudest so there you go that, and that's the thing the only people who really need to listen to are the fans right and so, yep like this person can have their opinions about me or whatever and he, he can say what he wants i guess but like the people talk because like, people pay him so <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly yeah and another company that i forgot that i didn't mention there but i do want to mention because they had a pretty significant show was a uh, big valley um, Valley, yeah. With the out, the oh god, the name just ran out of my brain. The out, outrageous. outrageous. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. You're a life. No See, problem. Like, I have all this stuff in my head. I just rolled around anyway. Outrageous. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, and you know, it, it was awesome to see. Like, as the the Las Vegas area was kind of getting this higher profile, you also started to see more of these, like pride shows showing up. Like, obviously, like you know, versus. Um, with the leadership there and a lot of the talent that's there, including yourself, like there's a very heavy LGBTQ element to the roster. Um, Big Valley being wanting to put on that that pride show and showcase so much of the the out talent that's there in the Las Vegas area, and then all the way over to Full Queer out on, in the Bay, you know, outside of Las Vegas. Like, what was it like for you to be a part of, of those shows as well to kind of see this this community embracing? LGBTQ identities in the same way that we've seen in other regions of the country. It was dope, because uh, one, like the the people I met, because I'd always go do the, the meet and greets or whatever, and each show it was it was the same people, but there were more people added there. Like like they they told their friends and they, they brought it more. So like it, it, to me, I feel like the community coming together stronger for each other. No, I, I, it definitely seems that way, and and you know, there's just a certain like kinship that comes whenever you do those sort of shows i i feel like especially whenever you talk about bringing out fans that might not necessarily even like be think that there's a place for them in pro wrestling but but then seeing people like you and and sandra and adriel and funny bone and just so many others there there's so many in the in las vegas that it's hard to like keep track of now yeah and like they all like They all, how do I say this? They all like felt confident enough to, 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 to come out to be, to, to, to be themselves in front of everybody, if that makes sense. Oh, totally. Yeah. It definitely makes sense. I mean, that's, that, I think that's what speaks to those people that maybe don't, don't see themselves in pro wrestling, but through an event like this and people like you can embrace this and find something that, that they can enjoy in it. Um, have you ever had an experience like at those shows where you have fans come up to you like that maybe weren't into pro wrestling and can can like speak to like your presence or or the presence of so many other out talents like being something like like a gateway for them in a way? Yeah. Um, so I I, I wrestle to te technically still wrestle for a company called Party Hard. Uh, they're out in Arizona, um, and the first time I'd ever been to a show it was one of the times I just jumped in the car and just, and just went. And the promoter, I helped promote it, run some stuff. And he asked me to be on the show, on the next show. So, I, of course, I said yes. So, I, I go do that show. And 
as I'm pacing the building, because I'm, I'm a nervous wreck, like, oh, no, I'm about to debut here for all these people who don't know who I am, I'm going to mess up, whatever. Uh, in line, there was a kid that like, was, like, super, super upset. I don't know why. But I was like, if I see that kid during the entrance, I'm going to go interact with the kids, see what happens. Um, do my entrance. Got so distracted, forgot about the kid. Got, <laughs> but uh, the part of the match where I, got, uh, I fell to the outside, and the kid came over and grabbed my hand. I was like, get up. I was like, I got this. I'll be fine. He goes, all right, I believe in you. I'll be watching you. And the kid stood in his chair the whole time just like this, like as if he was in that moment. And to me, it felt great. Mm. Those are the moments that I love in pro wrestling, honestly. Like that that fan connection, that emotional connection that you can build. Like it's, yeah, move, moves are, are great. But like there's just something different whenever you feel like that impact kind of exude from outside of the ring and, and outside of yourself even um right was that something that like whenever you were getting into pro wrestling initially um that that stood out to you or or as you were getting into it because i think most people that get into pro wrestling it's not necessarily it's, it's usually more the flash and i don't mean to say that to make an assumption or anything like that no. but, so yeah. i was more focused on on the ladder than yeah who uh, was like, performing in front of like, okay, there's people I don't care. Like, I'm trying to try this move out just for the hell of it, type of thing. <laughs> I was like, this sucks. This hurts. <laughs> what was it? Um, was was there anything specific that initially drew you to pro wrestling? Like, whenever you were first, were you a fan before you got into it? Oh, yeah. I, I was yeah. a fan. Uh, like, I'd go and like sneak to watch SmackDown on 4th of July just so I could like watch wrestling. Um, so like so I was like I would, I would sneak so much to watch him like I, I got to do this at some part at some point in my life I got to do this got to do this, and so I went to high school, I joined the wrestling team. Ah, that old that, that old thing. thing. Went to their training. I was like, okay, I'm not gonna be a pro wrestler. I'll, I'll stick to this because it counts as a PE credit, but I'm not about to do this anywhere after this. Uh, I graduated, joined the military, I got out, and I was like, now what do I do? Like. Like I'm not, I'm not lost. I'm not stuck. I'm just like, I can go left, right, you know. Mm-hmm. And scrolling on Instagram, and my friend uh, Eugene Palmer, uh, who's also friends with Hollow Point uh, or Dad by Dave, whichever one you know him as, um, and he had shared a, a, a clip of David wrestling. I was like, I could do that. I'm like, this, I could do that. So I, I hit up David. I was like, Hey. Give any shows coming up, and I went to the free show. It was called Fan Mania, or whatever. I guess WrestleMania was in town or something like that. I don't know. Uh, this is back in 2016, and I'm sitting there watching the show. And I was like, "What oh, is easy? I like this. I want to do this." So it finally came full circle. Nice. About how long after that was it before you got in the ring for the first time? The very next day. Oh, okay. Immediately jumped right in. Yep. Nice. Well, what were your expectations heading into that? Obviously, you were saying that, like, you know, you, like we're watching and like, oh, I could do this. That's easy. But like, did you kind of come back down to earth a little bit <laughs> that first day? Or yeah, because I thought we'd be doing like a whole bunch of moves right off the bat. Like, oh, oh this is easy to teach. I still mess up my back rolls, and I'm five years in. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, no one ever like it truly knows everything, right? Right. <laughs> So 
it definitely like it was like calm down you hurt yourself if you don't calm down <laughs> no like it, it's just interesting to kind of hear like the the origins there a bit because like i it seems like you kind of got came into pro wrestling right around the time whenever we started seeing this like renaissance of lgbtq identities in pro wrestling really like it's really only been the past like three to five years where the 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 growth of of people that are part of the community part of the family that are present in pro wrestling um did was that something that ever worried you whenever you were getting into it like that like either like a lack of acceptance or like how people would react or anything like that no Uh If I'm crazy enough to do this, then I don't care what anyone thinks. Mm. <laughs> I crazy hairstyles I've gone with, with no explanation of why. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love that attitude, honestly, because like I think that I think for a lot of people on the outside looking in, they can think that like there's a lot of trepidation with with people that are getting into pro wrestling from the community and. I'm, and I say that knowing that there are people that have had that experience and I'm not trying to like like undercut their, their experience there because that's truly an obstacle to get over there. But there is something about just having that at that sort of like, you know, caution to the wind attitude about it. It's like, I don't care if you don't like it. Like, I don't care if you don't, if you have an opinion about it, like it doesn't matter to me. Right. Yeah. I don't know. That's just really... I'm really happy to hear that that was that, that was like where you went in in the in that way. Um, at what point did you end up linking up with Versus? Did you did you start with Versus or? So I started with Big Valley. Okay. Um, and when I got there, Wes was booking for Big Valley. Um, uh, about a year and a half later, uh, a lot of people left Big Valley, and we had recently done a show at level up for wrestling and they had hit West back up to do it again. They said that if you can find people, find a ring that they'll do it or whatever. So Wes uh, linked up with one of his friends and they created verses. And I went with, I left big Valley with West to verses. So I've been here since day one. Oh, wow. What's it been like to watch the growth of verses? Cause I feel like it's such a different, presentation just from like the location alone like being in a mall and like i had um millhouse on the show previously and we talked about that a little bit how it's just such a different atmosphere in a way it is so unique compared to other pro wrestling spots like what is what is that like for you like being in the ring in in a mall So as you can probably guess like the mall gets a whole bunch of foot traffic so a lot of people see a lot of weird things that to them <laughs> But like, it's the, the fact that they think it's weird that it makes them stop and watch. So if we can get you to stop and watch just for two seconds, we already got you hooked with something. And like, you can see, like as matches start, the crowd gets bigger. And of course when matches end, people disperse, whatever, but the crowds always come back. <clears throat> and that, that, that gives us time to help put our names out there more. Cause then they're, they're taking videos posts up places like hey this is here check come check this out whatever and then here comes the next show they're buying tickets to come inside now and they brought their friends as well so there's like it all again it's that full circle uh mark yeah it's like it seems like a very like organic way to grow an audience there and versus definitely seems to have a a, a 
ever growing audience. It feels like. Yeah. And like, I love our regulars. I do, but I love seeing new faces as well. Yeah, I mean, you you need to embrace that. Honestly, you, mm-hmm. you have to keep growing the crowds and bringing in new new faces. Um, I mean, that's really how these things continue to thrive. You know, so it makes total sense. Um, now, I have to say, you might be the most decorated person in verses um i don't know like there's this it seems like anytime i see a picture of you you have some title <laughs> from them yeah oh uh, <laughs> i kind of jinx myself but in a positive way with all that because uh when covid started whatever like i stopped wrestling whatever and i wasn't and i wasn't really in shape i just i was getting by <clears throat> and i told myself that if i'm like in shape by the time it comes back i'm just gonna stop and then I started working out and I got in shape and then it all just picked up and suddenly I became Strap Daddy. <laughs> yes, one of the best nicknames, honestly. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, the, like the Battleborn title, the tag titles, the so level up title. I haven't had the Battleborn yet. Oh, I could have sworn I thought, okay, what, my apologies. What you saw was Papa Yase holding my head up above his title. He has that title. Okay. Because he I, seems to... Titles are titles, but I'm just like, whatever. <laughs> Yours is <laughs> no, I, I, God, we got to talk about you and Yase as well, um, because that might be the hottest rivalry in Las Vegas right now, honestly. Um, and especially considering like how. Yase went through this transformation that he did over the past year to become this character that Mm -hmm. is so much more just visceral and and intense and and it's a perfect balance with with you because like it's like y'all are both intense but it's two different kinds of intensity coming together in a way um what 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 has it been like for you to kind of work with him and, and build this this whole issue up together so I've wanted to work him since like my first year. Mm. Dude, dude was just a ball of energy. He still is a ball of energy. And like the closest I got was this a tag team match against him. I was like, cool, I'll take it for what it is. And then at, uh, fast forward now, when I saw like a possible like more interaction, like like we could test some waters. I was like, let me just go behind. Like, like <laughs> I was like, I meant to pause. I was like, just go behind management to back. Just do it and see what happens. If it comes off, hey shit. If it comes off bad, just disappear. But uh, but come to realize that management was thinking the same thing already. And when we so like me and Jace like or Papa Yase, we would like interfere in our match in to the matches or whatever. But like we would never ever have a match. And I personally like that because I think it's weird if they don't touch one time and then they have a match and, and the thing's over. Like that was it. <laughs> and like and usually it's like over a title a title or something but for but what it started what it really is for uh yase and i is the the f- reception from the fans the uh pushes if like the, not not pushes but like like the the runs of, of things or whatever uh because one thing he had said in in the video that he posted that he goes that he set the table for me to eat at and he is completely correct. He he did, and like so we're able to take that and run with it. Um, 
and this is by far the most fun rivalry I've ever had. Because I, what is going to come at me with next? Like, I, I think I got people figured out. And was like, oh, he found this photo of me. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, and it speaks to a lot of these moments that we've seen in, in the ring between you two. Like, obviously, going back to the first Pride Style event back in December, you know, you and Kita had a, a great, like, time limit draw. And then... Yase comes out and just ruins the five more minutes chant. And not to mention like the clip that's been going around now of like you and him uh, fall, like crashing into the backstage area now. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> that, yeah, that, that incident. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It just like, I, I love a slow build. I love like letting things simmer and, and keep one upping one another before the, the clash comes because, you know, I am definitely here for when the clash finally comes. Um, but I don't know. It, there's just something about being able to, to create those kind of, of moments that keep things going in a way, because like you said, it's very easy to build up an issue quickly and then just have the match and it be done. Like it takes a different set of talent to be able to, to draw this thing out and to keep people interested in the way that it is. And I think that that really speaks to both Yase and yourself when it comes to how like the fans receive you and how the fans want to see um, y'all finally, like just, they want to see you yeet him finally, honestly. I've only done it once. I've only done it once so far. And they just, ah, yeah, there. Fans <laughs> like, when's it going to happen? I'm like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, but y'all just keep jumping each other. I said, he jumped me first. I was, I was listening to music in the back. I don't know. Came out, <laughs> handled some business <laughs> with some headphones in. <laughs> this is how these days go. Like, it's right. an eye for an eye or something like that, right? <laughs> when I- he comes knocking let it in right something like that exactly (laughs) exactly no All right, Yens, thank you so much for tuning into LGBT in the Ring. Uh, We'll get right back into the thick of things, but I do want to take a pause real quick and say thank you to some amazing people that make this show as rad as it is. Starting off with Daniel Quasar, the Progress Pride Flag designed by Daniel Quasar is a product of Progress Initiative. You can find out more at quasar.digital. A big thank you to Sarah in the Safe Word for the show's theme song, Formula 666, off the album Red Hot and Holy. You can find them on Twitter at STSW Band, and you can check out their music on both Spotify and Bandcamp at sarahinthesafeword.bandcamp.com. Um, check out independentwrestling.tv for the best in current and classic independent pro wrestling, including live events from top independent promotions worldwide. Uh, you can use our promo code LGBTRingPod or visit tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT and peruse their entire library uh, over there at independentwrestling.tv. Once again, promo code LGBTRingPod or go to tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT check out that service uh, you can follow the show on twitter at lgbt ring pod you can follow me on twitter at wonderboy otm and if you're into video games definitely check out my video game news show the mr video game super show i co-host that with uh, twitch streamers slacker kite and lady Merwin every monday at 8 p.m eastern 5 p.m pacific over on twitch.tv slash dead entertainment 
Uh, it's your weekly roundup of gaming news, uh, and it's always a blast. So once again, check that out every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, over at twitch.tv slash deadsunentertainment. Sun like the star. We'll be right back with more LGBT in the ring. Well, since you do keep showing me the, the, that title and, and, and just dangling it right in front of Yase's face uh, throughout this, this whole thing, I do want to talk to you about Full Queer because, um, you know, we've seen a lot of these Pride shows, like on the larger scale Pride shows that have, that have occurred on the East Coast and in the Midwest. You know, your Effie, big, Effie's Big Gay Brunches, a lot of what Pro Wrestling Vibe is doing out there, Paris is bumping, all that good stuff. But we hadn't really had something outside of Hood Slam that was like explicitly for the LGBTQ community that was on that kind of level. And, and, and I really felt like Full Queer was like that first step um, beyond what, what uh, Dark Sheik and Hood Slam have done uh, that really kind of put that in a place where it could be embraced on the West coast as well. You already mm. talked about like the excitement from getting the call from, from Marco and D rogue and all them uh, that were putting that show together. What was it like for you uh, whenever you did get like get in that building and be to be in that locker room with so many like outstanding West coast LGBTQ talents um, and to just be in the tournament for the, for this title. It, it was like, super mentally emotional like they flew me there first of all like i'd have to pay for it they like, like they took care of all this i was like this is weird like i was ready to drive my happy ass up there by myself eight hours in a car you know but no i get fun out there and it picked me up and i walk in the building i was just like all right it's cool you know i'm here early and then faces kept coming in and i was like i know you're on the show Cause like I knew about my match, like a few other matches and some people being there, but like the rest of what I saw, I was like, Oh snap. I'm going to show up with you. All right, cool. <laughs> maybe I'm, maybe I'm kind of good at this thing. <laughs> uh, and then like, as the show's going on and I'm watching the, the, the number of viewers go up on, on Facebook live and then watching the fans there, I'm just like, we did this damn thing. Fresh out of a goddamn pandemic. We did this damn thing. <laughs> No, I can imagine that it would be good to to watch the, that viewer count go up. Was there you speak about like seeing people that coming into the locker room and realizing like kind of like the size and scope and importance of this thing in a way? Like, was there anybody specific that stood out to you whenever you were in the locker room that kind of made you feel that? Uh, Jacob Fatu was there, mm. and uh, Journey was there. Mm. I was like. Oh, y'all bigger than y'all look on TV, first of all. <laughs> <laughs> but like, then like, their, their like presence was like, it wasn't like intimidating or anything. It was like, they came in like, what's up family? You know, like, it's like, it's like a warm vibe all the way around. Yeah. And that was also the time that Fatu was MLW world champion, if I'm not mistaken. So like. I believe so. Yeah. So, like, that's a that's a huge name to have. I mean, you know, as an ally on this show. Mm-hmm. Big time. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I watching that tournament. Just the names that were in it. Um, 
like it really was like a who's who of the West Coast LGBTQ talent, along with a number of like really awesome like up and coming names. You know, I mean, everybody from obviously Kita, you've had your your history with here and there, but um, you know, Mariah Moreno, a absolute icon uh, for for trans and LGBTQ communities there. People like Brittany Wonder, who just kills it in Hood Slam. Mm-hmm. Um, Jet Jameson, a, a really good like young rookie uh, out on the West Coast. Abigail Warren, who's one of my favorites here in the Northwest, and um, so many uh, Bambina. So many uh, so many up and down that tournament was just like a who's who. At what point did you find out that you were going to be winning the whole thing, and what was your reaction? It was when they had called me and told me about it. Oh. And- like for, it, it took me weeks to believe it for many reasons because one it was d-rogue and like anyone who knows me and d-rogue like we talk so much crap about each other like like we always try to like fully fool ourselves like we're always harassing each other so like no one ever believes what, what i'm saying and i was like so like i hit him play a so is the show still happening he's like yeah fool i was like all right i'm just, I'm just checking i'm just checking i'm putting put in my calendar i i didn't put it in my calendar uh and then <laughs> Three more weeks. I was like, "Hey, man, you got any dates for me in, in, in June?" He goes, "Yeah, the tournament." I said, "Oh, you were serious about that?" He goes, "You thought I was kidding this whole time?" I said, "Kinda, yeah." <laughs> he goes, "Fair enough, but no, I'm I'm 100% serious." I was like, "Damn." He he goes he goes, "The reason why it's you because we know that you can elevate." I was like, "Shit." Now I have to back up what, what I told myself. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I'd say you have. I mean, you've held that belt for nearly a year now. Um, and, you know, every defense is like either you're facing someone who like is a deserving challenger and, and a name that is deserving of the highlight that, that title brings or uh, it, it's somebody that um, I think lends themselves to being in in that spot as well you know like i look at you know obviously the like matches with like sandra moon and um and kita are are great but like the way that you've been able to use that belt to kind of elevate other people specifically one that stands out in my mind is uh davian jaco um Uh, that like i I was telling you, I was talking to Millhouse about this a little bit, and I can't think of, um, you know, we have a lot of like young pro wrestlers now on the independent scene that are like sub 18, and they're way better than they deserve to be at sub 18. And, you know, Billy and, and Nick Wayne get a lot of, of that talk, but very well due to them. They are outstanding talents. Davian feels like someone who's on the cusp of, of getting of, of getting that next level in a lot of ways. Um, for me personally, when I watch him, does it? Do you feel like there's like a mentor relationship now since you you've been five years in in the in that area and you have some of these younger younger people coming through there now and wanting to kind of reach that dream for themselves too? Do you have do you take on like a sort of a mentor role with with those people? With a few of them, not, not uh, I, I can't take credit for Bodie and Davion and uh, Jerry Lynn uh, and uh, I'll think on her name. She's gonna kill me when she hears this. <laughs> Davion's girlfriend, whatever. Like, 
they came from uh, training at FSW's kids class, which is which had great trainers there, uh, Cutthroat Cody and uh, Leon Hader. Uh, but like the ones that have started with verses or whatever, like it's become that. And like I didn't like I didn't initially want that. Like they brought me into train. I was like, okay, cool. I'm, I'm just gonna train them. I'm leave. Like see them here, then leave. And it turned out to be I'm seeing them here. We're going to get food afterwards seeing them at training now we're doing like like we started like hanging out hanging out and i was like am i mentoring right now holy cow i think i am this is weird <laughs> everything i told myself i wasn't gonna do i'm doing it and i'm enjoying it i was like Ugh, i got a reputation i just broke <laughs> <laughs> what, what what kind of was motivating you to, to necessarily not be that uh because i i'm one who at times most times like doubt myself with certain ideas or whatever because like it'll sound great in my head but then i was like what if they don't think it the same way i'm thinking i was like oh i'll just keep it to myself and then when i see what i thought worked because someone else had brought it up i was like hey i'm just gonna start throwing stuff at the wall and whatever sticks sticks and a lot more stuff started sticking i was like i'm gonna get, I'm gonna get caught i'm gonna get caught and sure enough i was like all right so i need you to do this 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 and this for me now i was like all right, cool. And like, now I'm glad that I'm able to do that because there are things that I don't want the new, the newer, the newer generation to have to deal with that I had to deal with people before me had to deal with. Like, let's not make it harder for the next people. Let's make it easier. So that's what I try to do. No, and you need people like that to, to kind of keep these things moving in the right direction, honestly. You know, I mean, you can't, you know, we hear so much talk about gatekeeping you know even just on like the twitter discourse of the day or whatever much less like for the people that are actually stepping into the ring and, and doing this themselves and it it benefits the entire wrestling landscape to have those doors open to people mm -hmm. that want to be there and, and want to learn and want to get better in, in that way so it makes total sense um getting back to full queer a little bit talk to me about the uh, the final because obviously the it's a four-way final it comes down to you and Kita, and you're able to to take him down, yeet him, as you say, and um, and win the Princess of Pride Championship. Take me take me to that moment where the the three count happens. You you know you're you obviously you've known for a while, even if you do doubt D Rogue <laughs> this commitment to everything oh that, <laughs> that you're winning, but like it's. After that three count, it's it's real, real. Like the belt is there; it's in your hands. Like, tell me yeah. back to that moment. What's running through your mind? So, I pin Kita, bell rings, and out of habit, my body wanted to start like celebrating. It's like, it's like almost automatic. But then the emotion hit in at the same time. Mm. Body started fighting itself. Like, no, don't go up. I was like, okay, we're good. Stay calm. People are watching. People are watching. And then they brought the title out, and I was like, "Yep, I lost it." <laughs> Here come all the tears. Now, uh, and uh, as they're bringing the title, out, the title, I was like, "I'm so glad I didn't quit. I'm so glad I didn't pick the easy way, and just give up." Because like this is like proof that what I chose to do was worth it, and the way I did it was worth it. This, among all the other championships I've won since then, become strap daddy. <laughs> No, I mean it does. It does speak to to that commitment. I can definitely see it. That being something that kind of brings you back to that moment where you were ready to to walk away from from this. And 
you know, I think it, it also speaks to like your ability and, and what other people see in you as well. You know, even whenever we don't see it in ourselves. So, right. Like that, that was just a, a beautiful moment to watch from, from where I was watching from like at home. And I don't know, like also we got to talk about that belt again, because it is just one of the, I keep coming back to it. It is just like one of the prettiest title belts out there. I love, like, it's just so colorful and luxurious. <laughs> the custom side plates, it's oh. my logo. <laughs> they, they, they really went all out on this title. They did. They did. So, because it's, it's going to stay with me the, the rest of the time I'm wrestling. So, sorry. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're fine. Like, that's, you know what? That's the confidence you need right there, right? Mm-hmm. No, nah, you've been a very, a very good inaugural champion for that, for that belt. And you definitely, I think D Rogue was spot on when saying that you could elevate this because that's what you've done. So much so that that title has been featured prominently on Pride Style, which, you know, definitely the upstart there um, in Las Vegas. Now, your second show is coming up January 29th. You are facing Kid Bandit. Um, I know eventually we're going to get the MV Young match. Eventually it's going to happen. I miss you guys. I <laughs> you will see me and MV fight each other at Pride Style one day. It might not be for a title, but at this point, we owe it to you guys. You will get that match. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I trust me. I have no doubt that's going to happen. M, I think MV wants that fight from what I, yeah. can, from what I can tell too. So it, it'll happen. But for right now, you are taking on Kid Bandit. You took on Keto on the first show. What does it mean to you for like for this show to be kind of built, not as a built to feature you and and that title? Because I feel like it's it's definitely more of a, a communal aspect when it comes to feature who they're featuring on it. But let's be real. I mean, the Princess and Pride title in the Shade are a key fixture of that. Like Pride style just wouldn't be the same thing if you if you weren't defending that belt on on that show um talk to me like because obviously like you know millhouse coming up with this project coming coming to you with the idea what was the the thought process whenever pride style started to become a real thing so he had asked me he goes so your title where is it based from i was like technically california but i can defend it anywhere and if, if need be, I, I can I can I can lose to whatever. Like if it makes sense and both parties agree, then it can, it can happen. He goes, okay, bet. And I was like, what kind of question is that? He goes, well, I, I don't have titles yet. And I was like, yeah, you, you're just starting. Like you, no no one expects you to have titles off the bat. Like if you do, cool, but like no one's expecting it. He goes, so I want to use that as like my main title. I was like, what are you entailing? Like, am I, am I set to lose it on your show already? Like, did you have that planned out already? He goes, no, 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 no. He goes, wait, you can lose it? I said, yeah, I, I can lose it. Like, this isn't mine, mine, just because it has my my custom plates on it. He goes, hmm. So I got him in contact with Marco, and they came to some agreements or whatever. So, like, now I'm representing two different companies at the same time. Yeah. And like it's kind of nerve wracking, but then again, it's like it's wrestling. Like I can't really wear this wherever I want to. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, but 
but now I'm so, so like I'm just like cool. I'm help. I'm helping to elevate a whole company, two companies, and the people on people uh, incorporated with that company. So it's, it's like a, a blessing, a two way blessing. I'd say so. I mean, it sounds that way. And also, I can imagine like kind of having yourself in that title kind of be at the forefront of this thing that's just starting up. That's a, another like huge photo confidence. I mean, it sounds like it sounds like if, if Las Vegas, if you're in Las Vegas and you want to start up something like you call the shade, honestly. Oh, me, I'm your guy. <laughs> I'm a team player. <laughs> Millhouse knows that. So he can't say I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Still owes me. <laughs> he didn't make me break my back. My my, I made myself break my dumb back before, before I telling yes to him. Yes, he, he asked me to do a match, and I said yes. I should have said no, but <laughs> but that's on me. <laughs> yeah. It happens. <laughs> yeah, um, but I do want to talk about the match coming up with Kid Bandit though, because like obviously, like you. Have, you have a reputation in Las Vegas and on the West Coast. Kid Bandit, in less than a year, has built up quite the reputation as well. Uh, this is this has a big match feel, honestly, which is yeah. not something you normally say for like someone who's only been in the ring for like eight months. You I'm know? So- <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know what to expect out of this match. I I I honestly don't like like obviously. I'm gonna try to eat him, you know. It's what oh, I yes. do. But like, I've faced tall competitors. I've faced short competitors, fast, slow ones. Kid Bandit is fast, and then he's still fast. Like he has a, a, another gear somewhere, and he is just so aerodynamic. It's the hair. That's what it is. You know what? Mm. I might have to do my hair like Kid Bandit. I might. I might have to. But I mean, it would make sense. Yeah. So, uh, so the first time I ever saw Kid Bandit in, like in person was at a show, and he was fighting in, in like a, a no holds barred weapons match or whatever. And my guy brought legit light tubes with him, and like we're in, in the locker room changing and everything, and he just walks in all nonchalant. We're holding two two nine packs of, of light tubes. <laughs> Am I wrestling before him? Like, like all out loud. <laughs> and the, the, the owner was like, yeah, I was like, good. Cause I don't know what the hell he plans on doing with those, but I'm not in that match. <laughs> Cause it's like, no, like everyone was just like, what are you doing? He didn't end up using him, but I'm just like, that's the first impression I'm I'm ever going to have in my head. When someone says, remember Kid Bandit? Yeah, right to do. <laughs> <laughs> no, they have a very definite array of, weaponry now and you know it's just there's they're very inventive honestly some of the like the inventiveness of of kid bandit reminds me of somewhat of of you in a way not necessarily in like the uh the super like anime and style anime inspired rather offense or anything like that but more so just like the ability to take something and innovate on it in a way that makes it like wholly unique to yourself which brings us back to yeet season honestly because there's so many different um moves in your arsenal that feed into that motto and and feed into this idea of you know just like we open up the shows talking about just throwing people 
<laughs> I'm curious, like when did when did that become like a uh, a saying or like a mantra with with associated with the shade? Oh dang, make me think think. <laughs> it was like I feel bad that, that, I, that I'm timestamping this stuff with COVID, but two months into COVID, um, I was uh, with with Wes at his house, and we were watching some show. I think it was Dave. I think it was that show, Dave. And someone had said yeet. And I was like, what did he say? Yeet. I like that. So, so we, we picked that up. And then we watched another show. I picked up another phrase. I was like, I like that too. So like all these phrases I have are just off of TV shows. Like I find more things watching and hearing things than trying to think of it myself. Because then I'll, I'll just stress myself out. So, and the fact that people like picked up on it, and I even found a song that's called Yeet Yeet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to send you the link to that song. I was Please. Like, There's a song? <laughs> next time, like, I, I'm <laughs> next time I rehearse on California and be like, can I use copyright music? Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna use that song. Oh, that's crazy. But yeah, that's where like all the sayings and like even half of my logos come from TV stuffs. No, but I mean, it's important to draw to like draw inspiration from places and, and to make it your own. And, you know, I think that that definitely fits in with, with what you've been doing. Like there's a lot that, that you pull in that um, definitely has been like branded to shade, honestly. Like I can't say the word yeet now without thinking about you. Like that's just how that's just how that goes now. That's just how my brain works. You rewired it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, as we start to wind down here a little bit, um, I did want to talk a little bit more about kind of the about pride style a bit because um, obviously, well, a lot of what Millhouse is, is building in this brand, like yes, it's it it features a lot of out LGBTQ talent, but it really speaks to a larger idea of inclusion in a way that you know we've definitely seen propped up in pro wrestling more and more in recent years. You know, whether it be like the Black Wrestling Draws account and, and hashtag going around, not to mention like all the people circling around, you know. Um, Big Swole, whenever all that stuff happened with Tony yeah. Khan back in December, um, and other other communities as well that we've seen really kind of bolster their voice and and not be silent about things anymore. What kind of statement do you feel Pride Style is is going to make going forward as we start to see more shows happen? That this is a show where you have a, not that all indie wrestling has limitations in aspects, but pride style is the one that will have the least amount. For example, uh, like when they tweet about big matches, bangers only, for example, the uh, Mr. Q versus Laz. Oh my God. Yes. For both of them. I know how hard both of them hit. I want to watch that match. <laughs> like, like Millhouse when he, has these matches and he like gives them monikers, whatever he, he builds the match to that moniker. Like the first time for me and envy violence, 
it's gonna be a violent match. Yep. And then the second time is gonna be even more violent because we skipped the first one. Like, so when this match happens, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but um, and it, he tells people what he like wants, and then lets them get to that point. Uh, which I know exactly who he got that from. Got that from Wes because I've heard because Wes has done that stuff to me. Like when Wes corrects you, he does it to where you make yourself figure out where you messed up type of thing. Mm. And that it messes with your head. But, but now I see it. Um so I honestly think like with the headache that Millhouse put himself through before the first show and the time he's had for the second show. I know that he's so much more relaxed. He'll be, he'll be able to enjoy the show while he's there instead of having, instead of having to wait to watch it back. Um, so he just has to keep focused, don't get flustered, and uh, don't let me lose. And uh, he'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure that's definitely down in his, in his notebook. Or whatever he uses to, to keep notes on <laughs> for these shows. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I, oh, sorry. Go ahead. And f- so when he like was like he first opened prize or whatever, unbeknownst to me until after he told me about after like the third day, he had been messaging wrestlers saying, "Hey, Shade and I are starting a company." <laughs> so I get messages like, "Hey, so you, you have a company? Company? No." I'm trying to get bookings. What are you talking about? Then they told me, I was like, I'm going to have a talk with Millhouse. <laughs> I said I'd help him. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, you couldn't ask for a better helping hand with, yeah. when it comes to, to putting something like that together. I am excited for Pride Style 2. I'm excited to see you and Kid Bandit chop it up. And hopefully you don't eat them too hard. Um, <laughs> we'll see. We'll, we'll cross no fingers and see. <laughs> <laughs> no, we we love Kid Bannon on this show. It's gonna be a great it's gonna be a great match. I'm excited for the whole card. Um, I'm excited to see what 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 comes next for you and eventually you and Yase stepping stepping in the ring one on one. But either way, Shade, it's been a blast having you on the show. We're having a chance to to chat with you about everything going on in, in your world. Let everybody know where they can uh, find you online. All right, so on Facebook, it's The Shade. Uh, Instagram, I can, The Shade, I can remember. It's D-A underscore E-X-X-T-R-A underscore Shade. And then the Twitter is The Shade as well. Now, there are two The Shade Twitters. I got locked out of one of them. So the photo that has me holding up the Level Up Championship is not the correct one. The one you want to click on is the one with me holding up this one, just like this. <laughs> that beautiful beautiful purple strap my god it's just it's every time you show it to me it's just fucking almost it's just so so pretty so pretty shade thank you (laughs) thank you so much thank you my thanks once again to shade for taking the time to come on and, and chat about you know everything that he's got going on pride style pro 2 or Pride Style 2, rather, um, Full Queer, All's Fair, Princess of Pride Championship, wherever it, this ride takes him. Uh, there's so many people that are going to be along 
with him for it. I am one of them, uh, and I am excited to see him and Kid Bandit um, tie up, throw kicks, fly all of the anime hair that we can <laughs> Friday night. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. Make sure to check out that show, Pride Style 2. Uh, it's tw- it's uh, twitch.tv slash pridestylepro at 6 p.m. Uh, Pacific. So make sure that, that you're there to, to watch all, all the uh, wildness that's going to go down there because Lord knows it is. I mean, when you have Shade and Bandit and you also have Sandra Moon against Godspeed Eli Quick, there's, there's going to be a whole lot of, of uh, things flying around in that in that building <laughs> and i for one cannot wait to see it again um but that's gonna do it for today's show come back tomorrow for our final installment of journal january we are welcoming a previous guest back onto the show um someone who was very very influential to me and i think to a lot of other people covering pro wrestling whether they be uh, LGBTQ or covering LGBTQ figures or topics within pro wrestling. The one and only DJ Accident Report from the Nobodies and Judgment and so many other places that, that he has written for is coming back on the show to talk about his experiences in wrestling journalism, in wrestling media, in wrestling, really, um, and so much more. And it was a conversation that I was very, very happy to have and was excited to have. As, as someone who literally, if not for seeing the nobodies, probably would not be in the the spot that I am in. Um, yeah, so come back tomorrow for that conversation. And then after that, we're back to once a week. But that's okay, because all these shows, no matter how many we have in a week, they all are, uh, as Millhouse would say, bangers only. Right? Right. <laughs> Well, until tomorrow, y'all stay messy, wash your hands, wear your mask, get vaccinated and boosted if at all possible. And just once again, congratulations to AC Mac. Southeast first, but never, ever forget. The West Coast has something to say. Give me the deal with the demon so a lover can live With the moon